Looking at my fake Gucci, it's about that time. Going off with Rap Critic and Muse. I don't know if you're aware, but today is a very special anniversary. It is the 10-year anniversary of the release of Friday by Rebecca oh my Black. Oh, lord. <laughs> I thought he was going to talk about, oh yeah, we're going to talk about some music history. We're going to fucking uh, do a deep dive. Get... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's music history now. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're going to act like it ain't? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay, anything in the past that happened in music is... You know, fucking uh, uh, Britney Spears' uh, uh, husband's album is music history. Uh, fucking Kevin Federline. <laughs> I don't know the exact date when Popo Zhao dropped, okay? <laughs> but, you know, we, we, well, let's look that up so we can honor that too, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to mark it on the calendar. But the thing that makes it so special is because... Rebecca Black has teamed up with Dorian Electra 303 Big Frida. They have brought the remix and it is produced by Dylan Brady of You Know Him, You Love Him, 100 Gex. It's Darren's worst nightmare, but I fucking love it. What's happening? A video dropping soon, dude. Keep your eyes open. I legit can't tell at this point if you're like, if you legit are enjoying that song ironically or non-ironically. Dorian Electra and 100 Gex, that's my shit! Yeah! There was another name in there, hold on, don't act like you didn't say another name in there. Wait, who? 303? Yes! You want to <laughs> Oh, Oh, you were gonna skirt by that one? You were gonna skirt by my first kiss with a little like this Martin twist! You were really, you was really gonna skirt by that one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have such a small part in the remix that I forgot they were there. I'm waiting for someone to use Big Frida in more of just a hype-em-up type deal because they give Big Frida like a few, like a small section, but even less than 303. Dorian Electra's got a small part, 303. It's really just remixed Rebecca Black singing from the from the original uh, remixed by 100 Gex, so it's got that high-pitched mechanical robot effect to it. Like I said, you will find it abhorrent, but I'm just saying, for those of you who listening who aren't aware that they're bringing the classics back. But this week on the show, we've got two listener-requested album reviews, and we're gonna start with Thank You, Scientist, Requested by, and I don't know if, I, if I've got this correct or not, the Shadows On podcast. Yeah, Shadows On podcast. Are, are we promoting another podcast right now, or does that just happen to be their name? <laughs> I mean, they paid, I guess. Why not? Holy <laughs> shit, it's snowing again. I've... <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I, just, I just had like a burst of enjoyment, and you were like, God damn it. <laughs> No, I'm just like, I'm missing out. I'm missing it. <laughs> Thank you, scientists, requested by Shadows on Podcast, and the album is Stranger Heads Prevail. Oh. Darren, it has been a long time coming, and I think you know what I'm talking about. We've been taking requests for how long, and we have not gotten a single sliver of jazz fusion. Darren, what what have we been doing wrong? What have what signals what mixed messages what wires have been crossed with the audience that had them believe that we were not interested or at least i was i don't want to speak for you quite yet was not interested in some goddamn jazz funk fusion everybody's <laughs> been whistling past that jazz funk fusion graveyard pretending it's not there turning a blind eye don't you even for a second pretend like it isn't creeping up behind you it's been there all along mm. haven't you heard the top 10 singles blowing up the charts like uh, uh i mean i don't even need to say them you know them <laughs> the fucking yummy jazz funk fusion remix uh, uh, precisely we can't ignore all this. Post Malone's been working on one. He's been fucking <laughs> him up in the studio. Oh, for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I, I honestly haven't been waiting on this for years. This is honestly a genre I've only very recently uh, gotten into with my uh, deep dive into Zappa and ah, how I see. they've been 
messing around with the what your idea and what you perceive music to be uh, turning it on its ear using the instruments you might not go to right away throwing them in the mix like a xylophone for example and I was looking even for some similar uh, bands a while ago Uh, one band that came up called Brand X uh, featuring Phil Collins on drums that ran alongside Genesis so Phil Collins was Singing in Genesis, and I think also still playing drums in Genesis, and also playing in this experimental jazz funk, okay. uh, progressive instrumental band on the side, Brand X. Seriously, those two, fu- those two first Brand X albums. Check them out on Spotify if you haven't, folks. If that's okay. uh, if that's your bag. Um, but I never came across Thank You Scientists, so this is my first time hearing them, and wow, yeah. The prologue I didn't dig. It might have been how minimal it was in just about every department compared to the rest of the album. Oh my god, every song is like its own journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, it switches, time signatures, all the stuff. You were saying jazz fusion. I was thinking uh, uh, math rock. Does that it's sound... It's definitely got some of that in there, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it plays with signatures so yeah. much. Like, the 7-8 signature is, like, this album's bread and butter. The guy who sings on this, his voice is just so, like, clear and crisp and just, like, nice. Like, his voice just rings over all of this music. And it never feels like he's getting drowned out by it. You know what I mean? Like, everything just feels like it's working in tandem so, so well. It is... I was bowled over by this fucking album. Again, like, you see, like, oh, it's an hour and some change long. And you're like, all right, this is gonna be a bit. And then, like, the first song is, you know... The, the very ethereal sounding intro with, with these lyrics that are like, you know, it's like, I don't know if you're going to understand what I'm going to say, but <laughs> we're going to give it to you anyway. It's like there, there's the way the lyrics are where it's just kind of like, oh, wait, what's happening now? And then you get into the somnambulist, the fucking incredible. You hear the trumpets playing all over the track. Oh, my God. It was fucking butter. I was listening to it. And my first notes were like, this sounds like that uh, Sonic Adventure 2 album that we had to listen to, but way more like, you know, put together and competent. You know what I mean? It's this rock music that's very, that feels very like you're just being sprung into this world and you're traveling all around it. But it's pulling you along for it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything just feels so just tight. It's like a slightly... I'm throwing so many bands this this freaking album's way, but I'm thinking about also like it's like a light a lighter orchestrated Trans Siberian orchestra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like you can tell they don't have like a full orchestra in there, but like oh they're still doing some shit in here. You know what I mean? Like they're having some fun with the funk aspect of it. It kind of reminded me of uh, early Incubus without the hip hop aspects. How, like, uh, Incubus would have, like, record scratching and some kind of uh, semblance to a hip-hop beat under it. Just mainly the the funk side of it. Um, math rock definitely in there. Sometimes there's, like, thrash metal elements that kind of sneak in. This really is not tied down. Uh, they just run the fucking gamut. The whole spectrum. It's really amazing. Uh, Mr. Invisible had that solid-ass samba groove going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, every track <laughs> had something new and something to surprise you. You know, you'll go through what you think is three songs, you'll be like, man, I like these last three songs. It was like, oh, that was just one song? <laughs> I just really like that one song. <laughs> I was really mad at when we got to Rube Goldberg Variations, <laughs> which is, at this point on the album... The longest track so far, but Mm. not the longest track overall, because that would go to the next track. And it's the album's first instrumental. And it goes to so many different places. It's like this one went up to 11. I understand what you had to do on those other tracks, but y'all are going off in so many amazing directions on this track that I was like, I wish y'all did this more. Mm -hmm. Like... That track was so much more intense. Yeah, they didn't weigh themselves down by having to have a, a structure of, like, verse-chorus, verse-chorus thing. So they just went the fuck off. It did take me a while to appreciate the vocalist's voice, I'll be honest. I really? wasn't very... Mm. I wasn't a big fan of it at first. It took a while to grow on me. Mm. Um, so I kind of resented it at first. Like, man, I really just want to hear what the hell's going on in the background. Um, so when there are tracks that he's like bringing it down and doing, like, soft singing. I'm like, eh, 
I don't want yeah. that. Oh Just no! Bring back the fun. Like, I, like I wish that they were more than one instrumental. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Not to say that he's you know unlistenable because he does bring something to these tracks and. I just think there are some tracks more than others that he fits with uh, intensity-wise. Like, sometimes the tracks are so intense that I feel like he's not really able to meet the same intensity. So I feel like, yeah, some of these tracks I feel like is playing catch-up. I want to say on Rube Goldberg variations, though, I love that. As soon as I saw that title, I was just like, oh my god, that's such a nerdy music reference, but I love it. for a fucking ride, too. Right. just know. And it's based on, you know, the the theme and variation uh, technique of old composers from, like, Bach's era. Usually an aria followed by, like, variations of it that mix around and play with the melodies and motifs. It's basically the original remix. Like, it's like the proto-remix. It's like, here's what the original sounds like. And now what'll happen if I put the melody first and and this person and play that motif three times instead of just the one time. And so it messes with the beat, you know? It's like that sort of thing. So, like, these motherfuckers know what they're doing, (laughs) you know? Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't believe that it's taken me this long and a listener request to be made aware of them, honestly. Like, I would mm. have imagined that our paths would have crossed at some point. Because yeah, this is about 2016, happened. right? Like, so this isn't, yeah. like, old, yeah. And it's weird, like, I I went on eBay and I tried to buy this afterwards, and it's fucking, like, out of print and super expensive. So I was like, oh, oh goddamn, can't do that. I don't know about you, but I picked up on... A certain theme that I actually had to double check on Wikipedia if they were or weren't um, like a Christian group. I was trying to figure out if it was like either about God or about like scientists, you know, building an android and like I'm giving this creature new life and this is what this creature thinks of me. That's what I was thinking when I was listening right, to it. Right, yeah, yeah. Starlight, it's safe to say you own the sky, but it was man who gave me the light. My maker, seeing his face, we're one in the same. I was like, wait, what's going on right now? And uh, then that later track, where it's like, so we, it's mostly just been music, like playing with music and stuff like that. Mm. And then um, you get surprised at the end of Psychopomp, where you start hearing like oh. samples of like what sounds like this like 50s. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, psychiatry thing talking or something like that. Where it's like, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life and where am I going? And then the samples start to like start to play over each other. You know what I mean? And he's like, I am not a creature of circumstance because I have the power of self-direction. And it's just like, what? What is happening? And then you hear all this discordant music like slowly start crescendoing and shit. It's so insane. I am and, the and- architect. Yeah, and it's like, that hadn't happened on that level before this track, where they're, like, mixing it, like, samples specifically like that, so it was just like, whoa, <laughs> like, we're going to the next level? <laughs> well, I, I got, um, the first time I thought anything like that was on Caverns, mainly because it sounds like it's whether or not it's about a abortion. The choice of whether to keep or to kill. So at that first line, it was like, okay, and then they were mm. like, I can't control what's growing inside your womb. Like, it was very literal at that point. So it's like, it sounded like this song from this point of view of a father-to-be. It wasn't really clear as to who was conflicting on whether or not to have the child. So I was like, okay, is this going to be... That was the first time I checked. I was like, okay... This is just subtle enough, but also kind of on the nose enough to make me check. But then on Mr. Invisible, that also, I mean, the title alone, if you're already thinking that. Right. You hit, you get to Mr. Invisible, and there's some aspects of, like, I don't remember the line specifically, but there was talking about, um, like, trusting and control, and it sounded like, you're singing about God and that. Mm -hmm. And then when you do get to a psychopomp and it does talk more about like the afterlife, where am I going? I was like, I can't tell if this is a scientific approach to religion or if they were Christians in the first place. And that was what they were like injecting into it. But I couldn't find info on that specifically. 
Uh, oh, going on to that Mr. Invisible really quick, I just wanted to bring up, there was one part where, where he says the, what are you waiting for, waiting for, waiting for the day to say it's over. When that part came, that just sounded like the fucking, sounded like it could have been the theme for a goddamn James Bond movie or some shit. It was just so goddamn epic. And it was like right after that, you hear this silky ass sax just slide into the picture. It was just so fucking cool. Like, it's just, this album is just moments upon moments where things just keep getting cooler. <laughs> there are so many tracks where, and there's a track later uh, comes up a couple times where there's a guitar solo going on and it's fucking sick and they're killing it. And then there's just like accented by a saxophone just kind of in there oh, also. Yes. Like I'm oh here too. God. Just kind of, just kind of hyping it up. Like, Oh my God, the combos. Fuck. I think it might have been Psycho Pop, where it was like, there was a solo already happening, and then like you heard like a little second where the music just cut out, and you heard a little, and it was like the guitar and the like sax playing together or something like that, it was like, what the fuck, what was that? <laughs> it was so insane, and like, I'm not doing this justice by describing it, like, you really have to have this journey of a song uh, happen to you, <laughs> you know? There, There's a track, uh, I Need More Input, um... It goes into an instrumental break, and it gives you a, one of the most interesting, unexpected combos of a sitar and trumpet. Is that what that was? <laughs> like, I had no fucking idea what the hell. I was like, I would never in a million years be like, oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really digging this spacey, far out sitar solo. Put some trumpet over that shit, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and at every turn, they were like, this kicks ass. Needs more brass, though. Bring in the fucking sax. Bring in the... Like, it can always use that shit. A moment I have written down here where I think I might have turned around on this dude's vocal delivery. I was like, man, fuck. All right. Now he's fucking on a wolf in sheep clothing. There's a part in the chorus where he goes, Sorry, I can't be all that, you! Like, when it's like he's hitting the high notes with uh-huh. the fucking... And I'm like, oh! Oh, yeah, oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like It just carries over those like high notes. I was like, oh, man. Dude, all right. He's fucking killing it now. I think it might have been that song, Wolf of Chief's Clothing, because I wrote the note down here where it says, uh, you know, they're doing the little 7-8 uh, dance in the tempo. It's real chill. And then they build the beat. And then, and, and then I wrote, yeah, here's the part where the guitar comes in real quick with a little... And it's just like teasing along with the cellos and the strings before coming in. And so I was like, holy fuck. And then the sailing vocal line on the hook. Oh, my fucking yeah. God, man. <laughs> I was a little nervous coming up to the epilogue that I was like, oh man, is this going to be weak like the fucking first track with the goddamn, <laughs> we're moving along, we're singing along. That is the goddamn, that track does not do justice to this album of getting you interested or hooking you mm. because it does not give you even a fraction of the intensity that this album actually has to offer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I guess I'm rocking with it. But then, yeah, when the first, when the second track comes in, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. The intro and outro, at least to me, felt kind of like, you heard what the fuck we made, right? You heard what the fuck <laughs> All these, like, ten-minute songs and shit, like, and here's where it ends. is <laughs> the last song, nice little piano, and we're out. Like, d- d- like you know, motherfucker, I just gave you, like, eight, nine-minute songs in a row. Like, give me a minute, and I'm done with this last one. <laughs> you know? I really liked uh, the Amateur Arsonist's Handbook for, as an outro track, was just like... It really felt like, wow, I've been on a fucking ride, and you're, you're, it's like you're on a roller coaster, and it's that last, like, yep. the last, like, triple loop or whatever, as you're, like, <laughs> as you're sliding back into the station, and then when you get the epilogue and the clever depart, it, for me, it worked better than the intro, because it was, like, a fun little, like, it's one of those, like, and now our it's like and that's the album hope you enjoyed it it had a nice little bow on top of like it it felt well deserved like you were able to have a nothing of an outro but because the album was so fucking strong it felt good and it was like yeah that was really good good job guys you fucking knocked it out of the park 
you know what you made a good point with the roller coaster analogy because like you know when a roller coaster starts it is like it does kind of start slow because it's building you up and that's like the first track and then the last track is yeah after the loop loops are done the very last track is the you know the, the train is now coming back into the station you know the the slow turnaround you know what i mean that's and, what that last track and you was. still have like the butterflies and the excitement from the <laughs> right. roller coaster you're just like <laughs> oh okay i guess i'll get off now <laughs> um i got a four and a half on this uh, I gave it a solid ass five. I, I couldn't find a track that I didn't <laughs> like, wasn't feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, God damn it. I really wish I could buy a copy of this. I'm so mad. I'm, I'm, I'm so <laughs> mad that I, that I was made aware of this band five years after the album came out and missed the chance <laughs> to buy it, you know? It is bad. And no, you can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we've got Resurrection by Common. Sense? Requested by Dr. Goatman. That's right. Oh, man. So Common's someone I've never really fucked with that much. Yeah, I'm gonna just come out and say me neither, really. Common is part of the Kanye West, uh, uh, you know, respectable rapper from the 90s that didn't get enough love that Common put on, uh, that Kanye West put on his label and, you know, brought some more, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the most deaf, Talib Kweli, you know, like that's kind of what Kanye did, like when he first came out. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm making mainstream songs, but I'm also, like, I respect my roots, you know, I'm bringing all these rappers in from the side that, like, people, you know, respect. So, so, yeah, Common kind of gets, like, you know, lumped in on that because of that sort of, like... And also, he was with the... What is it? The the Aquarians? Uh, I freaking forget that. In the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a, the Soul Aquarians. It was, like, him, uh, 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 D'Angelo, a whole bunch of people... But it was like, you know, we're making like Neo Soul and that sort of thing. And so that's where it kind of like Common fits, you know, as his legacy kind of goes on into the 2000s. And I really enjoy some of his singles like, go, 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 go. You know, that one. Uh, of course, uh, everyone remembers the I Used to Love Her. That's kind of like the, the quintessential, you know, here's the song from the 90s. Talk, summing up what hip hop kind of was. You know what I mean? So it always kind of has that respect. But yeah, I've never been fully motivated to like check out an album because it's like he he was never like that lyrical to me you know like he got his props from being the guy who you know the quiet poet who was willing to stand up to west side connection in the late 90s you know it's got you kind of like give his like it's like oh yeah you know he he, he was willing to be like hey i want to do my thing too and it's this whole stupid misunderstanding uh in the i used to love her song where uh west coast rappers specifically uh ice cube and west Co uh, uh west side connection yeah of course uh we're like oh what you're saying hip-hop sucks now that it's on the west coast well fuck you <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him at all. That's... How else are you going to take that? I mean, I guess, well, when it goes into the next verse, I guess you can see it more. But when when he first brings it up, I guess we're just going into it. And the I Used to Love Her song. So there's a part where he goes, um, I didn't mind that she was hanging with them boys in the hood because, like, she was messing with the funk and, you know, she's got to do her thing and da-da-da-da. Like, so in the first verse where he brings it up, it doesn't seem that bad. It isn't until the later verse where he starts going like, oh, now she's a gangster hanging with gangsters to bitches and that sort of stuff you know what i mean but it's not like focused enough to be offensive i don't think you know what i mean like i like how genius whoever was taking the notes down was like the song sounds like <laughs> oh. it's about a woman you think but oh but he's gonna throw you for a loop <laughs> but then they go it's not until the very end that it's made clear <laughs> that he's actually talking okay I'm Get sorry. out of here. <laughs> Not until the very end, huh? Okay. Y'all motherfuckers just weren't paying attention. Back. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the very first verse, okay? <laughs> if, because I'm gonna present it to you like this. If he was talking about a woman he fell in love with, this line in particular would feel pretty random. A few New York dudes had did her in the park. <laughs> Ah oh, man, I fell in love with this girl. I remember, I remember hearing about her fucking these dudes in a park. <laughs> there was an orgy in the park, and but you, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to judge her, you know. <laughs> and it's it really like, especially because at that point in the song, like he's supposed to be like a little kid. That doesn't make sense. I don't get yeah, that. Uh, yeah. And then he goes on to say, uh, 
Slim was fresh, Joe, when she was underground. Oh, of Original course, you gotta say pure, that. <laughs> untampered, a down sister. At this point, I have written down, and lo and behold, my uh, my worst fears were realized mm. that I had a feeling, a little hunch, that the misogynistic slut shaming that mm. Common was applying to this hypothetical woman isn't too far removed from how he would talk about actual women. Right, okay, so yeah. Which he does later on in the album anyway. So on this song, yeah, you could make the excuse that like, well, he's trying to lay it out. He's trying to show how hip-hop's been tarnished, you know, by by mainstream, uh, uh, you know, big execs who don't care about the art and just want to, you know what I'm saying? See, like, he doesn't even do that, though. He he doesn't really blame the ad execs as much as he blames the artists. Yeah, it's not until, like, late in the album where he says something about how, like, oh, now it's in the suburbs and, you know, it, it, now it doesn't really, like, have the same feel to, you know what I mean? But, yes, this uh, common more uh, uh, more often than not, as I, as I was experiencing this album, had that feeling of, like, well, you know, it's also the way I felt with J. Cole, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's saying, you know, <laughs> some kind of deeper lyrical stuff and... Why does he feel the need to act like he's, like, hardcore every now and then on these songs? Like, he's got to say a motherfucker, and I'm fucking these bitches, I'm doing uh, this. It's like, this doesn't fit. How do you not see how this doesn't fit? And it's like, it's in an attempt, it feels, to make him seem like, oh, but it's still hardcore, this is still cool, guys. But it's like, but now this just doesn't fit with who you are, and it sounds even more awkward. And now, like, you know, at the time, it probably sounded like, well, everyone's hardcore, and, you know, I got to put a little hardcore in there just to keep them up. But, like, now, looking back, it just seems like, oh, you didn't need to do that. This is awkward. But on the same level... It also feels like there's, um, yeah, like I said, the the deep-seated sort of misogyny that's in there, uh, uh, regardless, uh, as this guy, well, it feels kind of ironic coming from this guy who, and I, <laughs> what was the one note I said, uh, uh, the so-called conscious uh, rapper, wait, wait, I want to yeah, get, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that, too. I want to get the specific note that uh, somebody had said. <laughs> It said, um, oh yeah, uh, common sense apologized for some of these lyrics, which we should note were rampant at the time, even in so-called conscious hip-hop. I just love the so-called. <laughs> I have this written down here for anyone who, oh, I just, I was so caught off guard, blindsided by that M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of the song. This verse. <laughs> but then she broke to the West Coast, and that was cool, because around the same time, I went, aw- I went away to school. And I'm a man of expanding, so why should I stand in her way? She'd probably get her money in L.A. Yeah, right? That seems positive. And she did stud, she got big pub, but that was foul. She said that the pro-black was going out of style. Ah. She said Afrocentricity was of the past, so she got into R&B, hip house, bass, and jazz. Now, black music is black music, and it's all good. I wasn't salty. She was with the boys in the hood. Because that was good for her. She was becoming well-rounded. I thought it was dope that she was on that freestyle shit. Yeah. Just having fun, not worried about anyone. And you, and could, you tell could tell by, by how, how her, her titties, titties hung. hung. What the <laughs> fuck line is that? He that, must still oh. be talking about a woman because <laughs> he said titties. <laughs> that line, this is like, what? Hip-hop <laughs> don't have titties. Hip-hop don't have titties. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but. But like I said, as you're, as you're listening to the verse, right, like, you know, it doesn't seem overtly negative. You know, he's just like, oh, it's Not black yet. music, you know, right. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as soon as he said, I wasn't salty, I was like, oh, but you're about to be. Uh, <laughs> I fucking, I can see it coming from a mile away. You're about to be so fucking salty. For what? On some goddamn KRS-One, oh, what's happened to the genre today? Ugh. And I think, that, like, there's a, there's an element of like truth to it right because you know in the late 80s early 90s there was that like afrocentricity and there was this really yep. big like space where it's like whoa you know public enemy can be in the mainstream and you know uh, uh at rest of development can be in the mainstream but there was a time around like 93 94 where it started to feel like uh um like that was being treated as a gimmick instead of as a lifestyle reality and yeah. in a world where hip hop, especially when like, you know, it is a true thing that gangster rap and sort of the flashy shit started to take over. You know what I mean? And so it's like, 
it, it, so I, in that respect, I see it like it's him sort of cataloging that, you know what I mean? And that's how I got to say, like, huh, it actually is kind of like cataloging how that went. But yeah, there is that element of like the, uh, the you know, trying to have the ownership over hip hop in a way, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I've heard better people do versions of this like seasons by cutting linguists. So yeah, I personally don't need this, but you know, it's still cool in the, in the mainstream sort of like, oh, this is the, well, the most mainstream you can get version of a song talking about the history of hip hop. You know what I mean? Like I was going to say by 94, it probably wasn't uh kind of hack. It was, it was probably one of the first ones to do that. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. least this all encompassing, like it really does bring you from the from the birth of hip-hop to modern day i know um i want to say was it pharaoh manch had Mm -hmm. r-a-p-e that does the same thing in a much more crass unfortunate i mean as soon as you said (laughs) r-a-p-e i was like oh (laughs) oh no (laughs) i just remember that being one cunning uh cunning linguists sure um, I feel like if you were to do it today, it would be fucking eyeballs rolling out of people's heads because of how overdone it is. And, and, and like, how could you do it at this point? Because it's like, it's just been a decade and a half. Like, hip hop's just kind of ingrained into things now to be like, oh, well, now it's not cool. It's like, no, it, it is obviously cool. It's everywhere. So it's fine. <laughs> you're talking about fucking SoundCloud. And- yeah. The first track, though, um... Definitely threw me off with how it really sounded like a, a lo-fi jazz uh, joint, you know? <laughs> like, I was listening, like, huh, this could have come out in 2017, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was just gonna say, we haven't even talked about Resurrection yet. This fucking track. But my brain was bleeding, needing, feeding, and exercise. I didn't seek the best of buys, it's a lie to textualize. I analyze where I rest my eyes and chastise the best of guys with punchlines. I'm Nestle when it's crunch time. For your mind, like one time, if poetry was pussy, I'd be sunshine. Cause I deliver like the sun times, confined in once minds of dumb rhymes. I combine, I'm hype like I'm unsigned, my diet, I unswine. Common? <laughs> oh my god, my fucking jaw was on the goddamn floor i was like how are we not talking about goddamn common if this is what he fucking does but it's the only track on the album where he really oh, does it man okay so and this is my thing right so maybe like the first four tracks i'm rocking with right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and that's i was sad. just gonna say this fucking second half dude oh, oh no man. oh, oh no. Burns. Dude, <laughs> and, and it's like, because it, it starts off, like, I'm on his side when this album starts, right? Like, I'm Absolutely. Old, I'm the hip-hop guy from the 90s that people kind of overlooked until Kanye West gave me some more shine, you know what I mean? So he's already kind of got that underdog feeling to him. And you're listening to his rhymes, it's like, I'm not going the gangster route, I really want to pull you in with, with the lyrics that are just flipping off the dome, going this way and that, you know what I'm God saying? Like, damn. It, it feels like a sort of um like tri- a more focused Tribe Called Quest. I'm going to say it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, Tribe Called Quest has a more hangout vibe to their music, you know? And this mm. is kind of going for that. But you can tell he's like, oh, no, I'm really trying to throw you off with how clever I am. But the issue is, there's after a certain while, it just feels like, did you say no to any uh wordplay? Was there any wordplay here that wasn't up to snuff? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to skip around too much, but if I can just skip down for a second to This Is Me. Oh, my lord. Check it <laughs> oh, out. Oh, my lord. Good morning, Vietcom. I'm oh. back. Huh? It's me again. Is it me you're looking for? Stop it. For the best beat, subtly oblique? I'm fresh, I come clean, but I can't whistle. Psst, I'm only bugging. While no dug in the crates, I dug in my nose and picked a rhyme. Any rhyme. I don't have any time. I was like, is this the first shit you ever fucking wrote? What the? F- like, it felt like goddamn... What's his name? Jay, Le- Jay Electronica being like, hey, I, d- I got this new album, but I'm going to put this track I recorded like a decade ago on here because people need to hear it. This <laughs> is what it fucking felt like. Like, oh, man, I- <laughs> I'm just bringing out my old notebook from high school. People need to read this dope shit. Like, no. What the fuck was this? Dude, so I, I wanted to set that-, that first line up, right? Because the track before it is called Communism. 
I <laughs> and yeah. man, a lot of these like song titles like really do have that feel of like I thought this was going to be more important than it ended up being. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this song's called Communism, and you're like, oh, what's this going to be about? Oh, it's just about, like, different words that start with com, because his, his rap name is common. Uh. So, <laughs> but here's how he starts it. Chicka, chicka, ah, chicka, chicka, ah, on my own shit, like an entrepreneur that stepped in manure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an entrepreneur that stepped in manure. Oh, I have any thought he had with that one. Man, I'm newer. <laughs> but, but it continues. Man, I'm newer than a jack. I went up the hill with Jill and Jack Jill's big booty. We did the booty up. I told the bitch she better have my money. <laughs> what is happening? What? <laughs> I what? That, and that's no. before he, that's before he does all the not the commercialize but compound the soul with ele- oh. elements compelling sense into communism. Oh, there <laughs> it like, is. Would it end like that? I just had that Darth Vader. What <laughs> moment? <laughs> It's like, what the hell is he talking about? But yeah, it's like it's like a concept song. Like, you know how Genius does the, you know, Tommy ate my motherfucking boy. Oh, I'm going to rap all about using the label's names. But it doesn't oh, even fully yeah. commit to it because, like, the first couple of bars are what the fuck I just said. The Jack and Jill's big booty. And what, what are you saying? <laughs> and um, and then, it, so we go from that song where he said, oh, communism and uh, co- common sense and commercialize the common. And then the next track is, it starts off with this little, you know, uh, nice sounded beat. It could be a little corny if you have the wrong rhymes in there, right? But yeah. you know, it could be fun if you do it right. And then he comes in after we heard that last song and he's like, he says, check it out. Good morning, Viet Com. I'm back. And I just like burst up. Oh. I'm like, stop it. Viet Com. <laughs> what? No. Now, Sorry. The Oh my god, the way his flow, yeah, the way his flow just stretches out the words, it just makes it even more insufferable, it's like, stop it, because you see it coming, oh my god, and um, yeah, the song has has a nice little groove to it, you know, it's like, but the fucking, when you hear the common on the hook, it straight up sounds like, yeah, it straight up sounds like his fucking, uh, this is the theme song for his ABC Family TV show, you know? Oh, man, yeah. 8 p.m. 7 central. It's common, <laughs> you know. It's like um, it's like when I found out that the concept of Fresh Prince of Bel Air was originally pitched to Morris Day, and the show Whoa. is going to be called like It's About Time. <laughs> oh. There's a few ways in which this album doesn't age particularly well. <laughs> no doubt. If I may go back to track three, Watermelon, for a second. Mm. Which, it's called Watermelon. There's no real reason. It's just, it's just sample sampling yeah, the- this old song where the guy's going like, Watermelon or something in the background. It's like, all right, <laughs> fine. Um, we're, we're three tracks in. And already, in one track, he dropped a, uh, he dropped a homophobic slur in oh, one of the man. first two tracks. And then he makes an AIDS joke in Watermelon. <laughs> so I have written down here in track three, please don't let this be a thing. <laughs> oh, no. Can we just <sighs> can we just skip a couple tracks real quick to track yeah. number six? Nothing to do. Because we were going to get here eventually anyway. Might as well do it now. Yeah. Can you imagine my surprise? This is where the rhyme scheme went. I thought I was cool with my members only and bald fade. Walk to Walgreens to get the sportin' waves paw made. And soft brush. As we got older, we would stalk, rush, and bang fat. Oh, God. What? Oh my god, dude. I'm sorry? It so fucking threw me off. And then, like, I didn't realize there were two other verbs in there. Stalk, rush, and bang. Stalk, stalk. I was like, what the fucking what? And it's, it's thrown in there with the same nonchalantness as 
walk into Walgreens and right. getting some pomade. Right, uh, uh, because this is the song Nothing to Do. This is about a typical day in Chicago. You know what oh. I'm saying? This, this is just his... And, oh. and he starts it, too, was like, yo, calm is gonna come. Yo, calm is gonna come. Remember that? Oh. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? You can't... There's no way you don't realize how sexual that sounds. You read it in the genius thing and yeah, said... Yeah, yeah. He since denounced he, it. He since... Apo- Look, all I'm gonna say is this. For perspective, if Vanilla Ice... In 1992, right? 91, 92. Went on to the extreme and casually, super casually said, oh, you know, when I get bored, I stalk Rush and commit hate crimes and drops a fucking N-bomb. There would be no apologizing for that. They'd be done! When I did the uh, Ice Ice Baby episode, I actually specifically remember learning that he also was a part of uh, a bunch of fucking knuckleheads and ne'er-do-wells that would, like, beat up, like, mess with gay dudes. Like... Oh, uh, well, well, I'm not surprised by that like, at God, all. God damn it, how fucking common was this? Uh, I didn't mean to oh! use that play. Oh! <laughs> and it's so, it's so sours the song that's supposed to be like, hey, you know, we're hanging out. I mean, well, there's also other lyrics that's sour about like, oh, yeah, we fucking, you know, fucking these dumb bitches. It's just like one or two lyrics just like, what the fuck? Where'd that come from? This is the one where I was like, yeah, I'm rocking with this track. It's whatever. And then he randomly decides to throw in, it's in, uh, in my own world, check the method. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I love black thighs. But then he switches it up to, you sisters better realize. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, come. Okay. Let's gather around, because Common is about to spit some real shit. Ladies better listen up. <laughs> the, the real hair and real eyes get real, guys. Mm. So... Before you make up your face, you better make up your... Fuck you, Common! Oh, wait, but he's not done. <laughs> he says, so before you make up your face, you better make up your mind. I hope you wake up in time for the revolution, or you're gonna be like, I can't believe it, I got shot! What the fuck? What? <laughs> By who? <laughs> With what? How dare you wear makeup? About? You're getting sh- it's the revolution, and whoever wears makeup is getting shot because because they're part of the bourgeoisie. Apparently. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Common with the fucking guillotine for anyone with makeup and fake hair. Yeah, and his communism. Oh, no. Oh, he's giving it a bad name. And it's not a coincidence that after Nothing to Do, I, I, at first I was like, okay, maybe it's because my opinion of this has been soured substantially because of how casually he decided to brag about committing hate crimes. Right. Like it was no big thing. But no, man, this album really does take a big ol' step oh, down. nosedive. Right at that point. Because then we get to orange pineapple juice, right? What? Yeah. Use a hamburger. <laughs> I'm a fudrucker. Asking me to let us catch up knowing you can't cut the mustard. So where's the beef, jerky? <laughs> hey, that, maybe that's a line sounded a little fresher back then. <laughs> uh, maybe. It couldn't have sounded any more whack in 2021. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god. After it... Resurrection with all those fucking multis. Right. The whole goddamn thing. You're throwing me beef jerky? Motherfucker ran out of rhymes. <laughs> he really did. It didn't have to be an hour common. Yeah, uh, no ID uh, has a has a ver- he's a legendary producer from Chicago, and mm. yeah, he kind of shows up. Your boy comment on this track. Oh no! <laughs> and it's like he's just supposed to be the producer. He's not even supposed to be like the dude that's really nice like that. Like you know, you know, um, you know who uh, doesn't really shine up, uh, comment. That's why not. On oh, chapter boy. thirteen, uh, what in the world was that song? What I don't Again, know. Another song where I was like, wait. Oh, chapter 13, rich man versus poor man. Oh, oh, this is going to be a track about, like, you know, we're going to have some social commentary. No, not really, except Not to, until like, the last verse. The ass end of the verse. Yeah. What in the fuck is he talking about? No idea. <laughs> well, it's just a bunch of subpar mini verses. They go, they trade back and forth up until that point, And it's like, none of this is worth quoting. None of it's memorable. Yeah, like, uh, what is it? At the end, he goes like, uh... 
every uh, every day the black uh, let me hold my nose because that's that's how common every day the black man would ask for spare change but adam the white man would stare strange so the black man got fed up because wasn't nobody feeding him and feeding him and took red by his neck and started beating him and beating him the chinese man got annoyed and broke out like a peon and now the black man owns the store and it's named leon's and it's like Huh? What? <laughs> uh, black power? I guess. I, <laughs> like, did you, did you, why did you scare off the Chinese dude? What did he do? <laughs> like, wait, he just gets to take your shop? Like, what? This is bullshit. <laughs> he ran away, so he forfeited ownership of the store <laughs> to whoever was left in it at the time. So, congratulations, it's yours now. Yeah, the homeless black guy that just happened to be in front of the store? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> He wrote it in his very specific lease. Everyone looked at him like he was nuts when he came up with it. And was like, oh, no, this is going to make perfect sense in a few years. So mm. I'm guessing the Feednam and Feednam was a Wu-Tang reference? Uh, I guess. Yeah, he samples an ODB at some point. So, you know, I'm guessing he's a, I'm guessing he's listened to a little bit of Wu, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, man, I've got, like, nothing to say after that except for the... <laughs> Utterly pointless pops rap. Oh my god. This the skits on this album are awful. <laughs> like, I was even gonna say, I wasn't going to include this as a track and count it in my final rating, but it's three and a half minutes. You're damn right. I'm keeping it in the fucking track, and it's really gonna hurt it. Yeah, because oh my god, the outro is just like it's the this is me beat from earlier, because that's definitely what it sounds like. And it's like his dad just kind of rambling. He's like, he's just rambling. And it sounds like vaguely positive, but I don't know what it, what it's about. Like, he's like, we're going to call it. We're going to, we're going to try something new here. We're going to call it peace. And we're going to, and we're going to act like we had it for six years already. So, you know, it's like back, back in the day, you know, they were showing up and they finally woke up. I, I hear they're leaving that alone, you know, using the word truce. And I love to hear that. I'm like, uh, oh. I, I, I guess, I guess, I, <laughs> it's like that, it's good, I, what's going on with your dad, man? Like on the album, uh, on SZA's album, Control, there's a few tracks on there that end with voicemails from SZA's mom. Everybody trying to do the Kendrick Lamar thing, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and just being like, you're doing so good, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you, I love everything you're doing, it's like, wow, thanks, mom, I love you too. All you need is like a little 20 second thing at the end of the last track that's like, oh yeah, and here's, you know, some positive words from right. my dad at the end of some shit I wrote. Because he honestly <laughs> named the song wrote. Some Shit I Wrote. So <laughs> my hopes are already pretty high for that one. My expectations are through the roof. You could just put the little pops rap. Maybe 20, 30 seconds of it at the end of that one. Have it fade why out, make you it know? Its only, why make it its <laughs> own thing? So pointless. Is anyone sticking around for that? No. Oh, my God. What was the, uh, the one skit? That that uh, uh, another wasted night? Somebody is talking to somebody. It's, a, it's an actual voicemail, apparently. And it's like, it's like the nerve of that hoe did not give me no pussy. Man, I wasted an evening. And then later on, he's like, but oh well, you know I get pussy anyway. I mean, that's just how players do. It's like, uh, but you didn't, though. <laughs> it's like, sure, buddy. <laughs> you know? It's fucking Chris Farley, the bus driver from Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get any pussy, but uh, you can imagine what it would be like if yeah. I did. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe this album. I ended up with a three. Oh man, I gave it a two. <laughs> yeah, um, you were too kind. <laughs> I'm gonna guess in '94 this was really blowing some folks away, right? Because you know it hasn't aged well though. Yeah, like it probably sounded good in comparison to right what was going on at the time. So you know, there's probably that feel of like. Man, because, like, right now, you know, the main thing is, like, people slurring and, you know, uh, putting the vocoder on their voice. So, hey, if someone has a mainstream hit that doesn't sound like that and is doing something a little, you know, a little different, people are probably showing a little bit more love than maybe it deserves, right? So maybe at the time it was like, you know, oh, everybody's doing, like, I can't fucking throw a rock without hearing a fucking gangster rap song. Oh, oh, here's someone just kind of doing jazz. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, he kind of was able to coast by on that more than you would expect because, yeah, like... But uh, up against other lyrical cats doing the jazz rap thing, like, 
I wouldn't even put this in a top five. You know, what I'm I mean, of course, there's the God tier, you know, rock him and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But with the uh, gift of hindsight, I definitely put like a Kendrick Lamar album above this. Like, oof. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Going Off. Thank you so much for hanging with us this week. And if you are one of the folks that requested the albums that we reviewed, thank you very much for your support. Um, we mentioned it last week that we're going to slowly uh, pump the brakes on requesting reviews uh, in a bit. They are still open as of right now on the Kofi at a uh, steep price that is double what it normally is, but we are doing that. Well, I mean, if the price is higher, less people are going to be doing it. And if you are doing it, I mean... It, it takes a lot of time to do these, and a lot of them are stacked up against each other. So, like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, before we close things off for a while, it's kind of like, all right, these are the coveted slots now. You know what I mean? Like, But that is Kofi, that is ko-fi.com slash going off, G-O-I-N-O-F-F. If this is your first time listening to us, all the rolled episodes are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. So one of those is bound to work for you. Um, what do you got going on? Anything you want to plug, promote right now? Yeah, you can join my, uh, my Twitch at twitch.tv slash rap critical. Uh, it's actually going to be my birthday week coming up when this episode comes out. So, you know, if you especially feel like, uh, you know, supporting your boy with, you know, just a little bit of change, uh, throwing my way to the PayPal. Yes, I'm actually going to be moving soon, so it would be super appreciated. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then of course there's, uh, the rap critic, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, of course, there's uh, the Review A New Podcast, my movie podcast. Uh, we just did, um, what did we just do? I, I, I'm always confusing it because, like, <laughs> confusing what I did last time with what I just recorded. We're about to put out the High Anxiety Review uh, for Mel Brooks, but we just did Silent Movie, you know. So, so you know, the Roaring Twenties are back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so definitely give it that act like you want it. Um, uh, what else? What, what else am I doing? I got the Twitches. I got the, the other podcast. Um, I mean, join my Patreon if you want to support me. Uh, you can vote for episodes. That's a new uh, tier that we're adding. It's a two dollar tier where you can uh, actually vote for. Um, excuse me. Sometimes I, I I'll have polls where it's like, okay, there's these three songs. Which one would you want? You know, and you could have your uh, say as well as joining the uh, Patreon Discord and getting to see the episodes early. So you know. Uh, get with it, act like you want. I'm trying to give uh, people, you know, reasons to actually, you know, want to <laughs> help people out. You know what I mean? I ain't trying to be no stingy dude. You know, I'm trying to give you something in return, you know? And if you are watching this on the Riffcoms YouTube, first of all, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to keep up with the Riffcoms and Riff Break episodes being posted every Friday uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, that might be a little later than usual. Normally, I try to get them up by 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, sometimes they go up later in the evening, but I do try to get them up on Friday, and we've been doing that for quite a while now. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep that up. Uh, we've got a few other uh, video ideas in the pipeline, so keep your eyes open, um, and uh, make sure to subscribe if you're not already, so you don't miss an episode of Riffcoms or of the uh, Going Off podcast. If you're not uh, listening to us on SoundCloud or Spotify. I never know what people's preferred way is, so just make sure you're either bookmarking or subscribing to whichever so you don't miss one, so you don't fall behind. And until next time for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic, and... New car, caviar, for star day dream. Think I'll buy me a football team. <laughs> Absolute rubbish, laddies. <laughs>